We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Uh, hey folks, welcome to Whining, whining with, with Nurses. nurses. I'm Kat. I'm Desi. I'm Sarah. <clears throat> and that's the cheese in her mouth. A mouthful of crackers and cheese. <laughs> We're actually eating this very delicious cheese from Oliver's. Um, what, what, is yours a goat cheese? It's a goat cheese that's kind of like a blue cheese. The blue goat cheese. It's like I've a blue goat cheese. never kind. heard of that, but, but it's delicious. There's no veins inside because all the blue stuff is on the outside. Which is good because I'm not a huge fan of the mold. Okay. Yeah. I like mold. Yeah. Apparently. Mm. <laughs> we call her asbestos. <laughs> Asbestos is the bestest. I'm eating cheese as best as I can. <laughs> and um, tell us about the vino that you brought. Well, it's a petite Syrah, which is one of my favorite varietals. A little extra. <laughs> it's a 2016 North Coast petite Syrah from a winery called Ramsey, R-A-M-S-A-Y. And um, yeah, it was bottled in Napa. And that's all I know about it. Just we asked the guy at Oliver's. I ran into Kat at the grocery store. Yeah. We were both picking out wine for the podcast. <laughs> we asked the guy to recommend one. He recommended this one. So here it is. Let's open it. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, we letting Sarah do this this time. <laughs> Since I messed it up last time. <laughs> oh, that was even no. worse all than right, mine. Ready? Right? There. Cat's okay. mouth again. You really corked I, that one up. <laughs> I didn't do it. It was just a very loose cork. It's like a loose cork, loose oh, morals. Having mm-hmm. loose butthole. Like, uh, do you guys watch Workaholics? And they always talk no. about how bad it is to have loose butthole. Yes. I no. <laughs> I've never even heard of that show. <laughs> I love that show. Workaholics. Mm-hmm. It's like the, really uh, stupid, kind of dumb and stonery or something, but it's funny. Huh. Work, so, work, work, nice work. to see you all again. Yeah, how's your work week been? Pour their own. Um, I spilled so can much I share? Uh, it's like a personal thing. No, but- yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't. I shut down so. <laughs> okay, well, this is a little downer, but I feel like it's in full disclosure because I wanted to talk about this whole journey. Anyway, I just felt like we were talking about in the last, like, we had a guest, and oh yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Okay, so. um, I had a miscarriage. It's okay. It's all, it's all good. Seriously. All I'm right. like totally fine. Um, it, anyway. And uh, so I think I was like three or four weeks and I was like spotting the whole time. And then I don't know when woke up one morning and I was like, I'm going to take a test for no reason. It wasn't like we were, had been trying even at that point. We weren't like where I was like, oh, I'm on my period, you know, anyway. And, um, and it was positive, and I, like, have a little video of my reaction, which I think I deleted because I was like, oh, it didn't work out. <laughs> I shouldn't save this. <laughs> it's okay. It's totally, you know, but it's so common, and um, it was just weird. The, the main thing I was freaking out about was like, oh, is if it's, they thought it might be in my lopian tubes and ectopic, mm. which can require, if to do, the way they treat it is with chemo shots. So they do okay. co- shots of methotrexate, which is uh, chemo. And it kills the cells in your body, reabsorbs it. But I'm like, I do not want to do that. Or if, Yeah, that's pretty invasive. Right. Or they do, like. uh, well, less invasive than cutting out part of your fallopian tube. That is oh, is that invasive. another option? Yeah. Yes. It's either like um, 
Oh my gosh, I can't think of it. Laparoscopic surgery or abdominal surgery where they open you up and do it. And I was like, these are not good choices and I don't like this. Are they able to do an ultrasound to determine yeah. whether So they couldn't see. I had like two, no, I had one ultrasound and I had four blood tests and I was supposed to do one on Wednesday and I just totally forgot. So basically they need to follow your HCG levels, which is the pregnancy hormone level and make sure it's dropping once you realize. So I was like spotting the whole time and then... They weren't quite sure because my levels weren't doubling. They're supposed to be doubling every two days and it was only going up by like a hundred. So I got a million blood tests. Oh my God, my poor vein. And um, anyway, and so then one day like I went to the bathroom and then just this like clot came out with like tree roots that looked like, you know, like it had grown little vessels and I'm like, oh, I think that's it. And I had already known at this point it was not working out because they're like, your blood tests are probably, anyway. Okay. And uh, and then I just had like clotting for like, I mean, not clotting, like, just like clots coming out for days and bleeding for like a week or something. A whole week? Uh-huh. It was like a week. And then they said your period will come back like four to six weeks after. Okay. Something like that. Hmm. But we're getting married and like, I don't know, like what we're supposed to do because we're not supposed to like make a baby again until after my period. And I'm like, so, I don't. I you got to use protection. No. That's you got to use the, so, the pullout no, method. No, that does not work. Uh, it doesn't Do you know matter. how many sperm are in... <laughs> Carter's <laughs> just trails off. This person all talking about me, but anyway, anyway, but why? What's the risk? Like, if you accidentally, what if you? I don't know. She didn't say anything maybe, except you can try after your, your next cycle. And oh, maybe like, she just means it won't be possible to conceive until after your next cycle. I, I don't know. think. It, I bet it's probably not dangerous. Yeah. It's probably just like it's not going to happen. So don't get your hopes yeah, up. Yeah, like the place things aren't in the right spot. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it sounds like I'm really glad it worked out on its own. Yeah. It sounds like if you were a less responsible person, you might not have ever even known you were pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Most people, tons of people have miscarriages and don't know. Like my mom had, I mean, like, because they just think it's their period, but a little heavier, maybe uh-huh. a little late. They don't even realize. So next time I was like, I'm not going to check at all. And I wouldn't have. I wasn't even, because we weren't even like. Actively. Actually, I was like, oh, I just it. had my period. Like, it's not time yet. But for some reason. It had a feeling. I had a. I don't know. I just crazy like intuition to your own body. Yeah, it was just really bizarre. It like finally becomes conscious. Like whatever little things are going on in there. But so I follow. I'm on this page. Sorry, this is a little long. Um, type one diabetes and pregnancy page on Facebook, and this one lady today said she's 37 weeks, had an ultrasound, no heartbeat. She's like, I just my baby's just gone. I was like, I'm so terrified now. Oh my god, isn't that so terrible? That's horrible. So you never really know. Can trust it. And then someone I know who was 10 weeks just had a miscarriage also. She found out. Like 12 weeks is the point where you're like, you can tell people. So you never really, you're never really safe. Mm-hmm. So now going into this is like, how, you're ne- how, when do you ever feel comfortable? Well, you can't yeah, until it's 37 out. weeks is insane. That's full term, basically. You could have the baby. Yeah. You yeah. could have had the baby and there yeah. would have been you some still risks, have but to it would have been the alive. Right. You know, that's yeah, she's insane. still has to like go through them. I know. Oh, so it's scary. It's horrible. And it's, but, you know, creating people is kind of worth it and stuff. It's just like a crazy <laughs> journey thinking about it, you know, and like it wasn't bad for me to have a miscarriage because it was so early, like four weeks, three, four weeks that I didn't even... It wasn't, I wasn't like that attached, you know? Yeah. Um, but I hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. Anyway. I hope not too. Maybe yeah. your body was just like, what's this? Exactly. Fertilized egg? What the? 
Get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. My mom thinks like everyone, it's so common because your body for the first time is trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with it and like what's happening. It's like juggling it. Yeah, like what is this? Fallopian, take it. (laughs) Uterus, take it. I don't want it. It's a hot potato. Shoot it out the vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so it altered out. It's fine. It's good. My body did what it was supposed to, but I just want to share because I'm talking about this every time. Why would people care or not? I feel like sharing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Yeah. What's up? Anyway. So. <laughs> where, well, okay. Oh, you wait. guys are both eating, so I'll talk. Mm-hmm. I went back to work for the first time this week at the hospital. I've been off for a long time because of my knee. And oh, I signed yeah. up for some shifts last week, two of them. And they both got canceled because of low census. So I started to get a little bit of anxiety about going back to work. It had been a month, I think, since my previous shift. And I was having those stress dreams where you get into your shift four hours and you realize there's one patient you haven't even seen at all, oh, the whole shift. I hate those dreams. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what if they're dead? How am I going to explain this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just stressful. It's like when you graduate school and you're like, I have a test. I didn't even show up for the exam yeah. or there's a class I haven't gone to and we're three weeks into the semester. I always get like kind of on my long stretch of days off, the day before I go back to work, I'm always kind of like minorly anxious. Just, it's like, I got to remember how to do this, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. (laughs) Do you fall back into it every single time, just like riding a bike? Yeah, but also they were very nice to me. So I showed up, I wasn't on the schedule. I had just signed up for the shift the day before and staffing just forgot to add me. So rather than sending me home, because they had enough staff, they decided to keep me and just kind of redistribute the patient's you know, so some people got fewer patients than what they were originally assigned. And I only had two patients all day until the very end of the day. And so it was really nice just to ease myself back in. You can do everything for your patients when you only have two patients and they're not critically ill in the ICU. You know, Mm -hmm. I I was just getting everybody up. There was this one man who wasn't very mobile. And first thing we did, get him up out of the chair. We had him Gave him all the stuff to have a bowel movement that day. He had a bowel movement. I was just really proud of myself about that. <laughs> I got somebody else discharged by 9.30 in the morning. That never happens. Ever. No, ever. ever. Yeah, it was awesome. I have a thank you to say, Sarah. You, for me? Yes. What? So we have a patient who we're trying to increase his dobutamine infusion. Uh-huh. And he gets it um, through home health at home. And uh-huh. obviously. Um, so anyway, the doctor wants to increase it. And it has to be the, the hospital said they have to be admitted and they have to be monitored for several days and then they'll finally discharge them on higher dose. Can I ask you a question before you go on? Is this patient on the list for a heart transplant or an LVAD? Uh, he is refusing an LVAD. Oh, okay. So, so he's, he's just, just going to stick with the dobutamine until yeah. death do us part. Right. Okay. I guess that's the plan for now at least. Anyway, so if <clears throat> um, we're Dr. Bob... Doc, the doctor <laughs> didn't know. Takeshi. <laughs> no, it's, I didn't say. So the, the doctor didn't really know how to do it. He just said, I need this to happen and whatever they need, it's probably a huge deal. Let's get them in. And I said, oh man, I think Sarah, I remember a couple of years ago, like made a, a direct admit policy procedure. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for making that. You're welcome. Because that's what I did. And He's still not admitted because there aren't beds available, but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully next week. (laughs) Yeah. But hey, it's fine. Um, He will survive, hopefully. But anyway, so (laughs) I just wanted to say thank you for writing that because we didn't have it until you did it and you figured it out one day. I don't think there was anything. Right. I just called around until I figured it out. Yeah. 
Um, Man, I, it's funny because you do policies and procedures and it seems like a thing that you'll write that nobody ever reads and yay, glad one was useful. Yeah, I, I was glad I was also working there because I wouldn't even know to look for it. <laughs> and I went, oh, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> anyway, so thank you. Yay. Yeah, you're awesome. Well, oh. thanks. Gosh. <laughs> like, what else am I? Gosh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Anything new with you this week, Desi, work-wise? Um... You know what? I gambled a little bit last night. I was on call and uh, I was with like in touch with the supervisor who would be the person to call me in. And for whatever reason with this supervisor, whenever that person is working, it's like, it seems like I'm not going to get called in, but then it's like, oh, we just got four admins in a row. So you might, you know, and then I'm on edge, but it's only ever with this supervisor that that happens. (laughs) So I was like, Ah, oh, shoot, it's going to happen. But I'm tired. I'm going to take a sleeping pill so I can get some sleep because I just feel lucky tonight. <laughs> and r- literally, I swallowed it, the sleeping pill. I uh, got in bed. I like snuggled in and my phone went. <laughs> and I looked and she was like, we just got three admits. We might need you. And I was like, no. And I thought, I was like, should I throw this sleeping pill up? Like, <laughs> I was wondering if that's what you did. What did you but do? No, I was just like, whatever. I'm just going to bed. <laughs> I'll just have more caffeine. And I didn't get called in. So you oh, know, sometimes it, I'm lucky every once in a while. Oh, man. <laughs> so That would suck though. What if you had to go and you'd be like, Half I mean, what can a zombie you, I, the whole yeah. time. Yeah, I've just like, some night shift nurses are anyway. Yeah, that's what I've mm. I've like taken it and re. I'm going to make up a word here. Reperspectivized it. Uh-huh. Like instead of I'm so <laughs> tired all the time. It's like, well, I'm like I don't even need the sun. Like everything on earth needs the sun, but I don't. <laughs> Until you die 20 years early. <laughs> you definitely well, would have needed lived a good life. <laughs> you know, so in the dark like a vampire. Sometimes I go to work and I'm like, oh my gosh, this sucks. But whatever, I'm here. I'm getting paid. I got to do my job. So, And I don't need the sun. And I don't need the sun. Flip that perspective. They need to make a Planet Earth episode about me. Re-perspectivize it. Re-perspectivize. Desi, you <laughs> never need sunlight. Unlike other human beings, she does not rely on it for vitamin D or any energy or happiness. Is this the Outback or... This is the National Geographic episode David about Desi. Is that his name? Attenborough. Something like that. David Attenborough? Yeah, I said David. Oh, did you? I just said Edinburgh first, which is a place in Scotland. (laughs) Not a wonderful older gentleman's last name. What do you guys think of the uh, petite Syrah? It's kind of... You can't can't help yourself. It's kind of bold, huh? Yeah, it's it's not as... like uh, This is a compliment. It's not as easy to drink as most... It's like it has like a little bit of a cab Mm -hmm. uh, jam going to it. I like it. It's a little tannic. It makes your mouth pucker, like your tongue feel like it's drying up or something a little bit. And I don't feel like it's. <laughs> you don't think so? I love cats. I like it. <laughs> I like trying to BS some tasty notes, and she just goes, "I like it." I don't try to be fancier than I am. <laughs> I do. I don't think it's like too tannic. Like my my mouth doesn't feel too dry drinking it. It does feel very fruity and kind of. Jammy, full-bodied, really rich flavors. We'll Good see. Earth. There you go. He's so fancy. I'm not pretending. Go. I know this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little bit of chocolate, really dark 
cacao, you know, the high cacao percentage. What? what? Cacao, cacao. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say this is about 85% cacao. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> Have you ever said a word and you keep going on with the sentence, but in your brain you're like, oh my gosh, I think I just said that totally wrong. Yeah. I yes. did that with cacao the other day. And the whole time I was telling the story, I like got lost in my own story because all I was thinking about was, is it cacao or is it cocoa? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I always think about or think I'm saying wrong is acai berries. Oh yeah. Or I think it- Acai berries or acai. Knows. When you, Whenever yeah. I first saw the re- word, I thought it was acai. Or yeah. acai or acai. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Acai. Hey, if you know, write in. Probably none of that because it's probably not like the Watch way. It be like ucha. It's not like our <laughs> language. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like not. <laughs> well, can we please start calling it that? I know, just go to would like a smoothie ucha. shop and order. <laughs> well. Anywho, Should we get on with the nursing yeah. stuff? <laughs> if you fast forward through this, I don't blame you. But now's the time to listen up, folks, because we're talking about a very important topic, something that will be talked about for years to come <laughs> as I try to log into my stupid phone. There the public is. perception of nursing yeah. and, and yeah. media's portrayal of nursing. Totally. Because that's what I looked into. I feel like it's weird that nurses are talking about the perception of nurses. Shouldn't we have like regular people do that? We might should have that. We but might should, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. We should have a lot of things. There are no subjects un, uh, explored. Give a little example. I always think house. You think there's no nurses, but in but house. in the medical department, anything medical, I think just house instantly. And so, what? How do you see nurses on how? This is Takeshi, everyone. Yeah, by the yeah, way, if sorry. you haven't heard his voice before, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do they? What are nurses like on house? Well, the, uh, are there any? No. Or do the doctors do? The everything? doctors just treat them like shit. Like the patients, like shit. And uh, there's always some weird scenario with, like, you know, the way house works. It's like Sherlock Holmes for uh, medical yeah. Uh, yeah. problems and stuff. But so they always have to take this one, taking this one patient that has this one problem and shit. And it's like they go and look through their house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like house detectives. always treats yeah. them like shit. And they're all they care, all they care about is treating the symptom. They don't care about the patient at all. Mm-hmm. And that's my perception of anybody medical. Oh wow! <laughs> cool okay. beans. I'm glad you do this podcast with us. <laughs> well, that's a really that's a really but good point. That might be. To me, it's like that's the only show that has anything medical that you watched. Yeah. yeah, that a lot of people did watch. I mean, point. I think it's a good point because TV shows do really color the perspective of people. Yeah, on healthcare providers, you know, and House is a terrible one because one, they don't even have nurses hardly, mm-hmm. and the nurses that may appear every once in a while don't do much. They're not worth much mm-hmm. on the show, right? Like. The- I haven't in seen that in a long Grey's time. Anatomy. I've been binge watching it. It's a real low mo- moment in my life. Hey, um, I love Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay I've, to for say a month, you like it. I've been watching it. I'm on season eight and a half. Oh, what's the current season? I don't know, like, like 15. 20? I'm on whatever the current one is, but they're on a break. <laughs> but yeah, they don't. They don't ever. I feel like most medical shows is medical, right? It's not nursing. Like it's mm-hmm. a little different medical yeah, and nursing. It's except what Nurse Jackie with the drug ad, drug addict nurse. <laughs> okay, she slurs her word. <laughs> I think Nurse Jackie of is all the accurate it is. I mean, aside from the uh like 
prevalence of drug abuse in the nursing community. Yeah. I mean, that is portrayed heavily in that show. That's most nurses aren't like that at all. But it's pretty darn accurate. Like the ridiculous situations those characters get into. Yep. Pretty on point. Yeah. I would say I agree with that. Like, except for the drug use, as you were saying. And also sometimes nurse Jackie seem to just know too much. And maybe it's just because I haven't been a nurse for as long as she has. And, you know, maybe when we get to be 20, 30 year nurse veterans, we'll know everything and be able to just diagnose patients as soon as we see them walking in. But I kind of doubt it. So that was a little inaccurate. But otherwise... Yeah, I felt like that was a really mm-hmm. pretty good portrayal of nursing. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of people who have compared me to the character Zoe in that. <laughs> oh, really? She's yeah. my favorite character. Oh, good. <laughs> I think she's a little bit of a loser, but... <laughs> Why? She's so upbeat and, you know, yeah. positive. Yeah, she's really cute, but so I get compared to that a lot. You're just smarter. It's okay. It's like so. it's she's. I think it's like the, your personality of like the happy. You know, kind of like a puppy. This is who I am. <laughs> I think for to speak to what you said, Sarah, about Nurse Jackie knowing too much. I think it's probably because it's not medical focused, so they're not bringing in doctors to do these diagnoses. So they're trying to make, keep the focus on the nursing. Mm-hmm. So they're having him do medical diagnose, you know, like things that we cannot do. We don't diagnose people with medical diagnoses. It's not our job. We cannot do that. Kind of like how the opposite usually happens on the medical shows where the doctors do things that they cannot do, like start IVs or put in fully catheters or Enemas. other nurse things like clean up poop. Right. They, yeah, talk Anything to patients nicely. they do in medical shows, <laughs> they don't do it all. They tell someone else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. The only like nurse in Grey's Anatomy is the syphilis nurse for like until like season seven. Syphilis nurse? Yeah. The nurse that gives Alex Karev syphilis. Oh, it's been so long, dude. I'm like, oh, yeah. Anyways, but it's like that. It's (laughs) a whole show about (laughs) medicine and uh, acute care hospital. Mm -hmm. And the only nurse portrayed there is like a slutty nurse. Right. Well, that's the unfortunate thing is that it's, it really should be, this kind of reminds me of when we talked about like doctors as coworkers, mm-hmm. it really should be a team effort because it really is. It should be portrayed that way, I guess. Yeah. And no one knows that. They don't, that's why I don't think anyone, at least no one I know really knows what nurses do mm-hmm. yeah, or doctors always- even like wh- whose job Right. Is People what? don't really know. Yeah. And they see it as like, oh, nurses work for doctors. No, we work alongside doctors. Mm-hmm. We know? work for patients, there. just like doctors do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doctors are not our bosses. Like, in, except for when they are. I mean, they, <laughs> but I mean, like legally, our do- the doctors aren't our bosses. Like some other person is our boss. That's true. That's like, true. Like at the office, I, I was saying that a couple months ago to one of the doctors that, Oh yeah, well, you know, you're my boss. And he's like, well, I'm actually not your boss. It's actually, you know, and then he said my boss. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's true. But like, I really work for you to, for the patient. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is alongside. That really is kind unfortunate word, that it's yeah. not portrayed. No you know, one-, one show that uh, nurses don't get a lot of play in the show, a lot of airtime, but I think it's maybe a little more accurate is Scrubs, which is, a, you know, a comedy medical show. Yeah, I think they they maybe do a little bit more of a fair representation because isn't there a nurse who's like always keeping everyone in line? She's got the reasonable viewpoint. The doctors kind of stick to their own thing. Sometimes they do a little more than what doctors actually would do in a real scenario. But anyway, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've never watched that show, but I've... 
It's funny. I've seen a few minutes of episodes and I feel like there was more of a balance than what I, the short little bits that I saw. Yeah. Um, or like a uh, nurse ratchet. Oh, one of the old school. That's a hundred percent accurate. From yeah, yeah. <laughs> that she's that's what from my one, inspiration to go into to nursing, go into nursing was. school. <laughs> it's uh, from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Nest. Mm. She's like mm-hmm. she like torments the psych <laughs> patients. Um, so there's it's like either Nurse Ratchet or like the sexy nurse. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I like in my dating realm. I've used online dating apps and it's like the number of times I've gotten like, oh, you're a, a nurse, huh? You want me to play doctor or something to that extent? I'm like, in what? No. no. <laughs> First off, I hate doctors. Second off, <laughs> but it's like this automatic comes with an automatic group of assumptions. Mm-hmm. It's kind of disappointing, but, you know, I think it's getting better. Like, like you said, Nurse Jackie... Mm-hmm. More focus on uh, the nurse as the primary caregiver f- for a lot of stuff, and um, and what? Where else are we portrayed? Like, where else do people even get? I mean, maybe their own experiences with healthcare, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what I'm interested in too. Because a lot of times patients come into acute care or outpatient settings and they don't really understand what the role of the nurse is and it varies widely. Mm -hmm. Like some people expect that nurses can do everything, write prescriptions, handle every little thing. And some patients think that nurses can't do anything. They don't even want to talk to us. They just want to bypass us, go to the doctor because we don't know what we're talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of where people get their perception. also, like you said, outpatient in our office, people are constantly calling saying, well, the nurse who did my EKG, the nurse who did, those are all MAs. Mm-hmm. They don't, whether you're wearing- or the a, nurse who scheduled me. Oh, or right. the nurse who whether did my stress test. Like, yeah. They're not all nurses. They no. all have different jobs. You're like right. lumped into. And whether you introduce yourself as, oh, I'm the whatever you are, they don't, it's like they don't listen and say, scrubs, oh, you're all, you're, yeah, you're wearing scrubs, you're a nurse. And then, so- that adds to the confusion of no one really knows what nurses do, mm-hmm. but we can do so much. We have our limits. It's just, I wish people, I wish more people knew. And maybe listening to this podcast helps educate people as to what we actually do. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Please write into us and let us know. <laughs> what do you think we do? Yeah. But you guys, one of you mentioned something about how everyone's in scrubs. It's hard to differentiate really like what, who's doing what. And so I wonder what you guys think about that. What do you guys think about like nursing uniforms? Make, yeah. Like or, RT wear blue and nurses wear green. Right. But or in, even in that. our office, how the doctors and the managers wanted everyone to start, wanted the nurses to start wearing white lab coats. And we did for a little bit and then we stopped because it was too hot or for whatever reason. But I think they wanted to differentiate nurses from the other staff. So it's like, yeah. So I wonder what your all's opinion about that is because it takes mm-hmm. a little bit away from your own personal um your personal autonomy, you know, in determining what you think is professional to wear, but it might distinguish you more. Yeah. Your role. Um, I mean, I think, uh, I don't think it's going to make enough of a difference to be worth Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I think nurses, when people think, see someone in scrubs, they think nurse. That is just what comes to their mind. Doctors are often wearing clothes. You know, and with the lab coats, coats. and 
nurses are in scrubs. Like that's what you think of as a nurse typically, I think. Um, and so it does get confusing. Like in our office, we don't have, we had everyone used to wear scrubs now, like reception all wears regular clothes. They do not wear scrubs. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they don't wear scrubs anymore. Um, but the MAs do because they're working with patients and they're doing EKGs and touching them more than we are. Um, so, and that is hard, but even in hospitals, you have big baggages that say RN or MA or MD or whatever. Um, and I feel like that's a little more separated as like, you know, I'm your nurse. You've been clearly introducing yourself and taking care of that person all day. And there's the doctor and the CNA or whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't know where I was going. (laughs) 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 That's just my brain. It's funny because, um, there's some like teaching hospitals, for example, where there's so many people because the doctors will round and they'll have their, um, residents and interns and they'll, there might be 10 people on a certain team that even in the hospital we work at where there's, uh, you know, our surgery team, our cardiothoracic surgery team goes in and just their team of standard people, they're not teaching people. That's a lot of people. Anyway, so patients might become very confused about who's doing what here. Are these all doctors? Are these nurses? Is it a mix? You know, so I think it can be really confusing. Even with the, you know how some places have the name badges that have a giant RN below or a giant MD, mm-hmm. something to differentiate. I don't think every patient can even see that, one. And two, probably doesn't pay attention. A lot of times patients become disoriented and confused in the hospital. You know, they don't get sleep. And so, yeah, I just wonder how much of a difference those things make. Uh, Jen works at a hospital where the nurses wear a specific color and the other, you know, professionals wear a different color depending on whatever department. We get to wear whatever we want where we work. Um, So I wonder if that makes a difference or not, if patients are able to distinguish more easily, you know, a nurse from a non-nurse. But you mean based on color? Yeah. But like, why would they know about the color? I mean, why would they even, you know, like, pay enough attention to like say, oh, the color might differentiate this person. Maybe because they see only a set number of colors. So, you know, in our hospital, for example, they could see an infinite combination of colors and scrubs and whatever. In the hospital Jen works at, they only might see five colors, Mm. you know, a royal blue for this profession, a green for this one, a Mm. different shade of green. OT's always in black. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, So I wonder if that cuts down on some of the confusion and if it really matters, you know, if it makes a difference. Mm. I understand. I'm sorry. I was like distracted when you first said it. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people, I was, you know, in prepping for this, I was like, okay, well, so what if, you know, people think this of nurses uh, initially? People think what? Think this or that of nurses. Like, what's Mm -hmm. the big deal? They come into the hospital and they figure out what we do. But then as I was like kind of prepping for this episode, I came across a statement of like, well, public opinion drives healthcare decision making. Because for a lot of things like that are voted on in healthcare, it's the public making that decision, you know? So public perception of what nursing is and nursing, what nurses do actually does matter. Uh And we should care that it's accurate. Like for just a recent thing was that uh, Washington, I think, state senator who said that thing about cards. Oh, yeah, I remember her. You know, and it's like... (laughs) <laughs> she she altered public. Who doesn't remember her? We had an episode. Who doesn't remember? I mean, 
I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. Who can forget that? Yeah. Who can forget that? And it's like what she said altered public per- perception of us. Right. You know? Yeah. Maybe for the worse, maybe for the better. And some yeah. people, there might have been some backlash of defensive nurses, but maybe some people think that we are just sitting around playing cards, you know, yeah. and don't really need any extra breaks because basically our whole day is a break of taking breaks, breaks and playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> our whole day. Yeah. Break of taking breaks. <laughs> but I can see how you're, what you're saying is valid. So if people think that what nurses are doing is worthwhile and that we're giving taxpayers or whoever is paying us, you know, yeah. their value, the money's worth, then they might support more funding for this or that. Absolutely, or they yeah. might support this measure to, you know, require breaks and so so on. And if they think that we're not worth that, you know, if they think we're not yeah. doing something worthwhile, then maybe they wouldn't support those things. Exactly. I just wish there was something really portraying nurses, how they are in a positive, like not, oh, the sexy nurse, the drug addict nurse or the yeah. STD nurse or the like doesn't do much. Nur- and like, you know, like, yeah, we there, care. I can't think of a show or movie or where it's just a, the nurse is a person, like a full human being. Right. Where it was just like on point. Mm-hmm. Like this is actually what they're doing rather than like they're really hot and this is what they're doing or right. like some other focus. Like this is their job. This is, I mean, maybe it's, I mean, you can, they make doctors and what they're doing interesting. Why can't they do that with nursing? I wonder, I mean, like, why? Why is that? I wonder why. She's Sarah. She's a nerf, nurse and a raft. She's <laughs> a, nerf. a nurse. She's a nurse and a raft guide. And she has three cats. She can sometimes be very unreasonable with her spouse, but she's very loving. Exactly like TV show We're right real there. people and we care. I feel like we care, like nurses in general care so much about we wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be wiping people's butts as we didn't per- care about that butt. in a part of our, you know, like, but do you know, like, like we're doing it. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just, if it wasn't worth it to us, we definitely wouldn't be doing it because we have to do really <laughs> lame stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's more, I'm, I'm so frustrated. You I'm sound st- passionate. Go on. I what do. are you frustrated Sorry, about? it's the alcohol. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but I am, I'm frustrated. Like we work so hard and we give so much to other people all day long, every day that we work and it's not portrayed. Like no one knows it. They don't know what we do. They don't know how hard yeah, they we work. they don't even know like, oh, like a PT person comes in and they think that, that, that that's, that's the their nurse. nurse. Mm-hmm. And they remember that person's name. Mm-hmm. Do they remember my name? Even though I like- Spent all 12 hours with them yeah. that day. Mm-hmm. Not saying PT isn't valuable. No, and yeah. hey, PT if they think awesome. we're doing the PT stuff and that's a nurse and they're happy about it, great. But like, <laughs> why, why can't people know what nurses do and be happy about it and have a clear idea? Everyone knows what doctors do. I mean, and I think like people Maybe. have a better idea. They don't know everything they do and the scope and what they can't do, but they at least know they go and they diagnose and they give the medications and they Whatever they're like, I don't know. My nurse, like, I push a button and she's there. I don't really know what else she does. <laughs> they you know? bring me water. They like yeah. turn the TV on for me and they get me out of it. Like, yeah, it's very confused. Right. Um, what do you guys hear? We're going to go a little bit introspective. What do you think our podcast does to the public perception of nursing? Oh. And I will say also that on our last Petite Sarah episode, I made the noises of orgasming. So, <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, 
yeah, what do you what do you guys think it does? <laughs> I think because we talk about so such a broad category of topics. Topics. <laughs> and we're honest, like some are serious, some are goofy. We're really showing that we're real people behind the face of what a nurse is and who a nurse is. And it brings it down to a more relatable um, I'm too drunk to sound this good. I can't say anything. But anyway, I think, it, I think it makes us sound relatable and you figure out, oh, my nurse is a, a human being that's there and working hard for me. And it's hard, but look, these are actually serious things and these are goofy things. And mm-hmm. it just makes it more of a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know if people understand. My fear is that they listen. They still don't really know what we do because or, we yeah, do so and, much. And when we're talking amongst ourselves, there's it's like, huh? it's oh when we're talking to each other, right. like on the podcast, it's like, it's almost like a shorthand, the way we talk about things or we, you know, uh, glaze over stuff that mm-hmm. was actually, you know, really important because it's from our perspective for nurses, you know? Right. So I hope that people don't listen and think like, wow, they are really self-involved or <laughs> anything like that. You know, we, uh, like be- that is the purpose of the podcast being yeah. self-involved. This <laughs> yeah. is our commiseration station. Yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but I think you're right. It kind of like, it offers a community where you can, you know, uh, talk about things and find commonalities in the job. Mm -hmm. We used to actually break down everything we said that was medical, but it just became... And then we, I think we realize more of our audience. Our audience is probably more healthcare people mm-hmm. who already know what we're talking about. Right. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you can always write to us and ask. Um, or Google. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> ask the Not internet. that we recommend that too often in <laughs> regards to medical conditions, but. But yeah. I, I want to think about, um, okay, so there's a, a positive to, you know, having people perceive us as human and, and full human beings, you know, we're flawed, even though we have patients' best interest at heart. And we do, even though sometimes we complain about particular patients or scenarios, we do have patients' best interest at heart. That's, as Kat was saying, our motivation for our whole know, career. Yeah. It's, yeah. We wouldn't, we wouldn't do it. We wouldn't put up with some of the nonsense we have to put up with if that weren't the case. However, there's also the other side of the coin, which is people seeing us as these angels of mercy and these perfect, you know, like, um, non-human beings that, you know, only have the mess up. Yeah. You don't screw up. You are virtuous and pure and like a Florence Nightingale basically. And that's not really fair either. Um, because we're not that we're human beings. And I, I was reading something, um, I think it was it in the American Journal of Nursing. I don't want to misquote it, but about how now that nurses are taking more roles in public, um, public roles, I guess, like uh, politicians and running for office and whatnot, um, and how we need to pr- portray this uh, professionalism, which fair enough, but also we need to relate to regular human beings on a day to day basis. That's the bread and butter of our job. So it's like, how do you do both? You know, I don't want to be like some stuck up, very professional politician type person to my patients. I wouldn't want to talk to somebody like that. It makes me confident in their. Yeah. You don't trust someone like that. So anyway, I think that's a good point that you want to be professional and respected, but you also have to 
be able to connect with these patients on really intimate mm-hmm. levels mm-hmm. without knowing them. You know, you have to let them connect with you rather. Yeah. And maybe also hearing us be real and then realizing we're still good nurses and we still really care and we'll always be doing our absolute best for you. But we are still human because they know like we are human and we do do all this stuff. They just don't hear about it. So if they hear about it and then realize, hey, we're still doing good and like we always have your best interest at heart, maybe it makes it okay. Maybe it, I, I mean, I, it's like anything. If you, people don't talk about this stuff because of this reason, right? You don't want to miss, mystify, demystify the topic. So people just don't talk about it, but we're choosing to talk about it because it's important. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think one thing I was hearing you say is like you, you still want to be relatable, like, right? I don't know. I I think just it might change how people see us because it's talking about the real people that we are. Mm -hmm. But I think that's not, doesn't mean we should hide it, you know? Mm -hmm. We just had a quick break. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, we had to play cards during. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. If I don't get my gin rummy in at least once an hour, I don't know what I could do with myself. I've never played that. It's so fun. Really? (laughs) I don't even know what it is. Is it gambling? No. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> oh, it's a card game. Like, I mean, I know it's a card game. It's so you can make anything gamble, a gamble, yeah. I think. Right. But no, okay, it's, like not, me and my it's not like poker. Pill. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would you have done if you did get called in? Would you have like actually thrown it up or tried to? No. Oh. I wouldn't waste that. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> waste it on a whole shift. You need to be there. I, uh, I would, well, you know, if I got called in, it would be to admit one patient. So I could I could do that in my sleep anyways. Really? They'll call you in just to take care of one person? Yeah. Because we have like strict ratios. And so if mm. all the nurses are maxed out on patients, your turn. Mm. Your hospital, do you guys like the hospital you work at? Like, do you think it's out of other hospitals you've worked at, if you have? Do you think it's a good hospital? Like, do you really uh, like it? Are you it? asking me? Yeah. Are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite place I've ever worked really? hospital wise. Yeah. <gasps> what? Yeah, totally. Oh, and I've, girl. you know, been a lot of places because I was a travel She's nurse. It's the best. Hey, let me tell you guys, I have been around. I'm like trying out a Go, lot of different things around. and playing them. <laughs> <laughs> this one's the best. Why? Oh. Uh, people are very nice. People are. Shut up. No, they're very nice. No, really shut up. <laughs> I take it back. Most of the people this there are one really is not. nice. Uh, so, no, I feel like people are generally positive and supportive. There's good relationships between departments, which there aren't at a lot of other places. And um, management's good. Uh, until recently, there hasn't been a whole lot of hospital politics that you have to deal with. There's a little bit more of it recently, but it's still not nearly as much as some other hospitals. So. Like- like, um, oh, you really need to be paying attention to charting on this or that. Sometimes the hospitals will have crackdowns on a certain thing and it's like for- Like those stupid medication cards that nobody does. Oh my gosh. I, I just, sorry if my bosses are listening, but a lot of that stuff I'd ignore because I've been a nurse for 11 years and I know it goes away. It goes away. What they, is a medication card? What it's do you like mean? a pamphlet. Basically, uh, they're doing these like patient callbacks and they ask like a series of questions and it's a national standard to do this. And 
our patients have said that we don't, the nurses don't go over the medications. And we're like, every time we give a med, we say what the med's for. Mm -hmm. You know, we go over it, but it doesn't click based on the language they use when they ask the question that that's what we're referring to. Right. So anyways, now to um, combat this issue, we are doing a, uh, like a pamphlet where it has a list of like, probably 50 medications and you highlight what the patient's getting and it says like what it treats and common side effects. Hmm. So we're throwing more paper at patients who don't read any of the paper that we already give them. We give them so many stupid pieces of paper. They get a whole admission packet that's like, here's how to not fall in the hospital. Here's about hand washing. Here's about all these different things. Nobody's ever going to read it. Mm -mm. That's why I don't give this extra stuff out unless somebody's directly, like one time somebody said, hey, I noticed you had an admission and you didn't give the patient this, sure, I'll go give it because you're asking me to and you're watching. They're going to throw it in the trash immediately as I would do. So if this is how you want to spend our resources, fine, I'll do it for you right now. But I know this is all going to go away in a year because nurses and patients can only do so much. Mm -hmm. We can only do so much. And, you know, there's all these initiatives that are driven by Medicare and surveys and all this Reimbursement. Crap. Yeah. <sighs> And it doesn't actually improve patient care. So whatever. If that's what they want me to do for this few months, I'll do it. And no, then she won't. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll start forgetting and uh, I'll save some trees. Yeah. And it's true. Like we, um, I get patients all the time that just got out of the hospital and then they have no idea what they're taking and things were changed, but they don't know what. And I'm like, well, were you given discharge paperwork? Yeah. Okay. Well, have you looked at it? Um, let me see if I can find it. It's always a response. Like if you would look at the paper, you would know what medication changes you've had. Like they just See, don't people don't like to it. read stuff. Mm -mm. It's boring. Yeah. So instead they just call and want to hear it and then write it down and read their own handwriting, mm -hmm. which is much messier. Anywho, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really good that you like the hospital they work at. That's really, really nice. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, going back to public perception of nursing, it helps to work at a place where people are happy to be there because there's not a lot of complaining about um, the job and the politics and whatever, the management. You know, people are generally happy there, I think. And I think it shows to the patients. I don't know. I've heard a lot more positive feedback from patients at the hospital that I work at now than I have at other hospitals. And I think that's part of the reason why mm -hmm. we give off the image that we all like it there and we really do. So if any other hospitals can learn something from what I'm saying right now, try and cut back on the amount of bullshit your nurses have to do <laughs> and maybe your patients will be able to perceive that as good patient care. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, I got opinions right now. <laughs> and then they're going to say, it's so much more complicated than you don't even know. We're not trying to, it's like, it's money yeah. and it's all this other stuff. Let your nurses focus on patient job, care. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so and makes the nurse and the patient happy. Mm-hmm. Well, why did you ask that? Is there? No, I'm just like want to work at your hospital, but I'm too scared. Oh, but I, I want you to. Yeah, um, I applied. I applied to like a, an like a. Would you send me a maternity? Maternity like, like L &D, an LD unit. Yeah, and they were like, "Well, we're too small of a unit to train a, a somebody who hasn't worked in a hospital." I was like, and I wrote back, and I was like, "Okay," I was like, "Okay, well." I'm a really, I'm a fast learner and I'm a great, I would be a fabulous addition to your team. This is like what I want to, you know, like what it meant to do. I'm a natural at it. Like I just talk myself up because nice. it's true. Good. 
So who knows? But anyway. So to kind of touch on your point about mm-hmm. how like if you let us do our job and cut the BS, like mm-hmm. our job shines through because our focus is patient care. Right. So despite all the negative or like really uh, stereotypical portrayals by the media um, of what a nurse does, according to the 2018 Gallup survey that looked at Americans' like views of different professions, for the 17th year in a freaking row... Nurses receive the highest rating for honesty and ethics. Whoa, 17 years 17 in a row. 17 years in a row. Hey, hey, that's us. So that's us. It gives you a little pride back into your job, you know? It feels good. I saw that too. And, and like, I got punched almost and I didn't even punch back. <laughs> that's pretty freaking ethical right there. <laughs> and <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, are we... How how are we doing on time? We're good. Because I, yeah. I do have a... Oh, I have a couple other questions for you guys. Um, so I wonder what you think about certain places having policies about like piercings and tattoos. And Kat, I'm looking at you for this because I know what I think about it. Hello. What? Do you have a... Oh, do you show that oh, all the time? you have a very that- hidden tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think... Uh, <laughs> For me personally, I don't think it matters what you look like. It matters what your brain can do and your mm-hmm. your skills are. So what do you guys think about that? Because there's some people from different generations or from different mm-hmm. whatever, you know, another standpoint that disagree. I've had a lot of patients. So since this is a podcast, I have like 10 tattoos, right, all over me. And I have a full sleeve on my left arm. And, um, and it's very colorful and beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a very beautiful. fun sleeve. You can't like, miss it. It stands out. Yeah. Um I've had the some older patients cuz I work in cardiology, so I have a lot of older people and I wondered about that. Um when I first got hired, you know, they said, "Oh, cover it up or wear long sleeves or something." And now we have half of like everyone who works at our office has tattoos and they're showing and it's fine. Another girl with a full sleeve there. Um mm. and it's they just, I mean, it's, I feel like now, especially with our generation, it's hard to find people that don't have tattoos um, that are showing or piercings or something. Um, and the people that, the patients that I've worked with, they look at it at first and then as they get to know me and talk to me, it doesn't become, it's not, at first it's not who you are. Exactly. Like at first she had tattoos, but she was still really nice. <laughs> it was so shocking. <laughs> yeah. But like anything, it's like, it's odd when you first look at it. And then you stop seeing it because it's that person. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right when you said, you know, that just becomes, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I don't know, like a, anyway, this could apply to a lot of things, like your color of your skin or your gender or like any, anything really. Yeah. Because Sarah's. Sarah's- Super tan. Oh my gosh. Maybe We're I do like, need the uh, sun. <laughs> yeah. You need some vitamin D, I do think. Do you get judged on the color of your skin, Sarah? Not here in California, but in other places I have. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. Like when I was growing up in Virginia, I was easily the darkest person most places I went. Um, so for those of you listening out there, my dad's Palestinian, my mom's Caucasian, but I have like totally the Palestinian skin. I tan easily and I stay brown for a long time. And sometimes I get really dark and people- Is this not really dark? This is as 
pretty dark. This is like pretty much like 80, 90% of how dark I can get. Wow. And um, it's beautiful. Sometimes people uh, mistake me for a black person, which I will happily take mm-hmm. um, and make racist comments to me, which I'm like, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, that's racist oh. and you're not even correct, but I'll take it because like, you know, I don't know. I feel like not the need to correct people on what race I am, but the need to just be like, you're a racist. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, I've definitely gotten some comments or people, older patients who are like, and I met this colored person, no <laughs> offense to you. I'm like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to take offense until you said colored person and no offense to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I like never have looked at you and thought that you were dark skinned like I know I'm so white. It's like, not I'm like, such a white girl. <laughs> just when you stand next to us ghosty people, I go, "Wow, you're really tan." Yeah, can you go further away, please? <laughs> you're making me look. I feel like we should be discriminated against because we're so pasty. <laughs> so pasty. So I met this cracker. No offense to you, yeah. honky. But really, like tan and dark skin to me is so beautiful. We should be like being discriminatory, discriminatory against. The white, the untanned, see-through people. Yeah, like really, you guys got it backwards. Racism has it totally wrong. Anyway. Oh my gosh, this cheese! <laughs> you just <laughs> ate like half the block. I'm glad you like it. No, I don't want. Nurses eat cheese. Oh, and I do have one other. Sorry, I know we're getting crop dusting. One other question. No. Oh. What? What? I don't know. Just <laughs> cheese, and then you said. <laughs> Well, anyway, you guys can write to us on winding uh, wwnurses at gmail.com. Let us know what your perception of nurses is or what you, uh, you know, which is what your comments are about this. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just Google it. You'll find it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Cheers. Winding with nurses.